0: Oh, yeah. listen up are you ready to take your business to the next level
1: are you ready to get the inside info that will blow your mind
0: then get ready for next level the podcast that helps entrepreneurs and business owners like you get ahead
1: we cover topics important to you like avoiding hr mishaps solving Aww. payroll challenges mastering benefits and much more
0: that's what i'm talking about so if you're ready for real hr talk meet your host matthew Beals. for another episode of next level Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Next Level. My name is Matthew Beals, and today we are going to discuss solutions for building effective savings accounts that will help you and your employees prepare for unforeseen medical expenses. As you all know, health insurance is costly, but is a necessary expense that we must incur to protect ourselves, our employees' health, and the financial future of those they love. If we don't plan or prepare for these unexpected situations, we could fall under a mountain of -of out-of-pocket deductibles, co-payments, insurance, and monthly prescription costs. So what can we do? What can we do to prepare ourselves and our team for the unexpected? How can we minimize costs and yet prevent these unfortunate situations? To answer these questions, I have invited Robert Pauly, the president of Insurance Marketing Center and past president of the Greater Washington Association of Health Underwriters. In 2001, he was named Health Insurance Person of the Year by the Greater Washington Association of Health Underwriters. With his 30 years of experience in the insurance industry, I am confident Rob is the perfect person to help us address your questions and concerns. Thank you, Rob, for joining us today. Thank you. It's good to be here. You know... In, a, in the myriad of, uh, of, of acronyms that exist in the, in the medical benefit arena, uh, the average individual uh, kind of gets lost. And, and what I'd like to do with you today, Rob, is, is kind of pull out one segment of these acronyms and pull them apart a little bit and discuss the differences and maybe where they may best fit in because one solution is not always the right solution. Absolutely. So the particular, the particular, we'll call them acronyms that, that we're going to discuss today are the FSA, HRA, and HSA. For those of you that have had pretty limited experience even in, in the medical uh, uh, benefits arena as, a, as an end user or as a person in the decision-making process of what plans uh, are going to be put in place for a particular company or group. These may sound somewhat familiar, although, as we know, there are tremendous differences uh, between them. So, first off, I guess my first question to you is, is maybe maybe if you could uh, please describe some brief differences between an FSA, an HRA, and an HSA. Sure, sure. Maybe what some we- commonalities, too, like what binds them together? Why do we group those three acronyms together, what do they stand for, and then a little bit of the differences that we
1: sure been Sure, uh, us in the insurance industry do like acronyms, and uh, as you said, um, the most people, their first uh, introduction into these type of accounts were FSAs, Flexible Spending Accounts, um, they, the S between that and the HSA are quite different, and uh, we can discuss that. But flexible spending accounts are accounts that are set up that the individual can make uh, contributions to the, to the account. Uh, the maximum for 2019 is $2,700. Uh, they have not released the maximum for 2020 yet, um, but typically it'll go probably up $50. Um, the that amount that they do uh, that is available to them on day one that they um, make the contribution so the full amount the uh, so if they uh, elect to put two thousand dollars into the account on January one is their start date January one they have the money available to them so it is uh, for uh, an employee for an insured it's it's a great deal uh, they can fund their deductible really up front that way and pay for unreimbursed medical expenses Uh, the that uh, nice little chart that when you fill out your taxes uh, it's called section 213D Uh, that is the chart that is used for eligible medical and other expenses that the FSA uses Uh, an HSA is a health savings account and it is just as it says it is a savings account as just very similar to one in, in a, that you use at a bank. Uh, and most banks offer health savings accounts. The difference there is that you must have a high-deductible health plan that meets the qualifications and specifications for a health savings account, and we can get into discussing that. And finally, an HRA, a health reimbursement account. That is a employer-funded account Uh, The employee cannot contribute to the HRA, and it is really, I like to tell people, it is a promise to pay. The employer sets an amount. It might be uh, $2,000, $1,000, and that is their promise to pay within that plan year to reimburse the employees for their unreimbursed medical expenses.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So going back to that FSA for a second, uh, I I have to ask the question, If that money is immediately available obviously that money is coming from somewhere right I mean if the employee has just started contributing at the beginning of the year uh, but they have immediate access to to the, uh, the, the the totality of those funds that will be collected throughout the year who's funding that?
1: the employer is putting the money up front and it's something to definitely consider as an employer Uh, When you set up an FSA that uh, the maximum because the employer is the person who Determines the maximum that you can contribute into the plan Uh, 2700 is the federal maximum, but the employer can set it at whatever amount So you should be aware of that and know what your capabilities are as far as funding Um, my I like to tell the story of my partner When we set up our first FSA, I allotted, and this is before the government had a maximum on it, and uh, I allotted for $5,000, and on the second day of the plan, I went and had laser vision correction, which is an eligible expense, and hit the plan for $5,000. My partner wasn't too happy with me because that money came out of our operating account immediately, and then I reimbursed it over the rest of the year. And uh, that is something to definitely consider as an employer.
0: So what happens if, uh, given that example, right, you, you, you spent that $5,000, you were reimbursed for that $5,000. Uh, let's say that you left that place of employment two months later. You've only collected, The employer's only collected a small portion of that total $5,000. Uh, who recoups that money?
1: The employer can recoup that money, and when you typically sign up for a flexible spending account, uh, you um, can they can have the language in the application that you agree that you will reimburse them for any unreimbursed expenses. Is that typical? Um, it, it is when I work on them, and I like to recommend that to people, but there are a lot of plans out there that do not have that language in there. Uh, application for when the employee makes their contributions.
0: So very, very important to work with an experienced person uh, when setting up a plan such as that due to the financial liability that the employer is incurring. Absolutely. Okay. And, and as, far as, as far as the HSA, uh, you, you had mentioned high deductible plans. Uh, and without getting into a, to a, you know, Uh, an in-depth analysis on what a high deductible plan is. Can you give us just a brief overview of what a high deductible plan is and how it would interact in with each one of these plans or not interact?
1: Sure, sure. So um, the HSAs were born from a plan that was designed uh, back in the 90s called an MSA, which was a medical savings account. Uh, They were not that popular. There were a lot of uh, Problems with their design. Um, the health savings account was—they took the the good things out of that and built a a plan that works. Uh, the government set up uh, a minimum deductible that you have to have to have a high deductible health plan. For twenty twenty, that will be uh, fourteen hundred dollars for an individual, twenty eight hundred dollars for a family. There's also a maximum that the deductible can be in the plan. The maximum uh, Plan uh, out of pocket is $6,900 for 2020 and $13,800 for a family. Uh, These uh, really govern the plans. They make it so that they don't get out of hand an employer putting an undue burden on an individual, but also they allow for the individual to put tax-free money away into their health savings account and use that money for eligible expenses. So theoretically, you're paying uh, tax-free dollars for your uh, medical care.
0: Okay, so, uh, and we'll get into this a little bit more as we as we continue the conversation, but uh, my understanding the core difference with an FSA and an HSA is one is a use it or lose it. Is that correct terminology?
1: That is correct. That would be the FSA. Mm-hmm. And uh, several years ago, uh, they added into it that you could carry over. A certain amount you can also have a run-out period so typically um, you can have uh, 90 days in order to have a run-out period and uh, after the end of your FSA year um, you have 90 days to get your claims in to get them reimbursed or some employers can also uh, roll over up to $500 of those funds to the next year
0: okay okay so that's why you hear all those ads at the end of the year, uh, you know, looking for you to go in and get new glasses and do dental work and that kind of thing, is to use up those funds so you don't lose them to the plan. Uh, and, and and an HSA is a little bit different, right? In that you you're able to carry it with you. Is that correct?
1: The health savings account is your account. It you are the like a owner. Bank account. It is a bank account. It is your account. Um, You can take that with you Um, if you left the company. As long as you had a qualified plan with uh, the right deductibles and out-of-pocket amounts, you could continue to contribute to that. If you left the company and you did not have a qualified plan in your your new job or you purchased individual insurance and it didn't meet the requirements, you can still continue to keep that account. You just cannot make tax-free contributions to it but you can take the money and spend it for eligible medical expenses, and those dollars are still tax-free. So
0: it's not use it or lose it. It's portable. You can take it with you. Uh, still receive many of the same tax advantages of getting that money out of your taxable income. Exactly.
1: Uh, a lot of people refer that to them as a health care IRA.
0: Now, going back to the HRA really quickly, uh is that included in an individual's income or, or does the employer get a tax write-off for those monies that are being invested because it is an employer-only investment tool uh, towards the employee's uh, out-of-pocket expenses?
1: Yes, that's a great question. The, the As I mentioned before, the HRA is a promise to pay. It's a health reimbursement account. So the individual does not uh, have any tax consequences on those uh, dollars that are um, contributed by the employer. Uh, being that it is a promise to pay dollar for dollar, the employer gets the deduction as an employee expense. But any dollars that are not spent, they don't get that deduction. They were not spent, and we move on to the next year. Uh, the employee also doesn't typically carry over that amount either. Um, it's up to the employer, but very few. Uh, roll that money over from year to year.
0: Okay, very good. <clears throat> Appreciate the the you know, kind of in-depth look at those. I, I think it's very confusing to a lot of people because you know they're all kind of a, a tax for tax-free type programs. Um, so, once again, going back to this, I, I believe you've kind of already answered this, but. Uh, It is mandatory to have a high-deductible plan, and my understanding is is a high-deductible plan is one in which the employee uh, self-insures for a certain dollar amount at the beginning of the uh, policy year Mm -hmm. uh, with the exclusion like uh, uh, preventative maintenance, preventative services, checkups, etc., which one of these plans works exclusively with which uh, um, or with the uh, with the high deductible plan?
1: so the the HSA is the only one that requires a high deductible health plan to be matched with it. Uh, both an FSA and an HRA have no requirement of having a high deductible. Um, The the FSA goes along with any plan. Uh, The HRA is typically married with a high deductible health plan as the employer sets it up and promises to reimburse, promises to pay the employee for their uh, expenses up to a particular amount. Um, They are a nice feature for employers. They like them a lot because the money is a promise to pay if you an, um, if you're an employer and you have a health savings account or your employee does and you contribute to it that money is now the employees you cannot get that back as an employer and you've made that contribution they now own it whereas the hra you can say i will reimburse you for a thousand dollars but you have to make those claims in order to get that money
0: gotcha gotcha okay <clears throat> And, and so whereas the HRA is a, is a strictly employer-funded plan, can an employer contribute to an HSA on behalf of an employee? Absolutely,
1: and uh, we see that a lot. Uh, in fact, I was just setting one up yesterday where um, the plan had a $2,500 deductible. Uh, the employer was contributing $850 towards the health savings account. A question arose as we were doing it, was the employer going to put that $850 in on day one, or were they going to chop it up in increments for the payroll over the year? And it was uh, my recommendation, which they followed, to um, take that $850 and spread it out over the year. You don't want somebody to um, come into the plan, and as you said before, with the FSA, uh, it's quite different under the HSA because remember, that money is the employees once it's put into their account. So you wanna spread that out over the year instead of giving them $850 in this example and then they leave two months later and there goes your $850. Right,
0: right. Again, going back to the fact that uh, with any of these plans uh, it's highly recommended to to make sure you're dealing with, a, with an experienced professional that Understands the dynamics of different uh, employers and their demographics, and which plans would be suited best to those particular circumstances. Absolutely. Uh, maximum contribution. So, I, you know, I guess this excludes the healthcare reimbursement account because that's set by the employer. But as far as, and I believe we touched on this a little bit, but it, I think it's worthwhile. Uh, to kind of kind of recap this again, so for for the FSA and the uh, HSA, what again are the maximum contributions that are allowable? Uh, sure.
1: The FSA is a, a government set uh, maximum. The uh, for two thousand nineteen, it was twenty seven hundred dollars. Um, the employer can can change that and go anywhere lower than that, but they cannot go over. For the HSA the um, maximum contribution on a individual is for 2020 is $3,550 and for a family it's $7,100. The nice benefit of that is even if you have a plan that say has a $1,400 deductible you can contribute up to the maximum contribution amount of $3,550 so therefore overfunding the account, but that is tax-free dollars that you can put into there. We see a lot of people use that money and to be able to fund uh, their kids' braces, eyeglasses, or in in my case at one point, uh, laser vision correction.
0: Okay, excellent, excellent. Um, We've already gotten into kind of who funds these plans, so we can skip over over that a little bit. you know, one question that a lot of employees may have is, okay, so they built up these funds uh, in, in these different uh, 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 tools, right? Uh, what if they want to pull some of that money out for non-medical-related issues? You know, they they, they, they found that, that speedboat that they just have to have, and they've got that... Uh, They've got that uh, uh, little itch that says, "Oh, I've got some cash over here I can pull out." Sure. Uh, which which uh, uh, mechanisms can they pull money out of, and also is there a potential tax liability for the ones they can? Oh,
1: well, absolutely. So uh, the simple one, uh, the HRA, they cannot uh, take any money out of that. Again, uh, promise to pay. Okay. The uh, FSA they cannot take money out of that. They theoretically could, but then they're going to have to pay their employer back those dollars, and they can face a tax penalty on that. Uh, The HSA is the one where we see it the most often. If they take that money, they will have to then add that money onto their income and pay income tax, as well as a 20% penalty for taking that money out and using it for an ineligible expense.
0: Okay, very good. Uh, and that's a twenty percent tax penalty, so not very advantageous to, to go dipping into those funds for non-medical related. Yeah, uh, so that's not something uh, you want to do. Uh, I guess the mentality is you get that money away. That's for medical. That's for out-of-pocket uh, health-related expenses. Um, if you're if you're using your money wisely. Uh, I think one of the final questions uh, is, can an employee take their funds with them when they leave their employer? We touched on this a little bit, but it's good to recap it. Lots of information we've talked about there in this, uh, this conversation. Uh, once again, I'm thinking about it from the employee standpoint, you know, what's portable and what's not portable. hmm
1: so the, uh, the only portability on any of these plans is the HSA. Uh, they can take that money with them. Again, that is their account. Uh, the one thing I wanted to point out about the HSA, which is a very nice feature, is we talk about making the contributions. And most uh, employees of a company, if the company is doing payroll deductions, they can spread that over 12 months. However, if you have room, if you have not contributed the maximum amount, You could at the end of the year make a one-time, you can do it two, three times, separate contribution to that plan up to the maximum amount. So you could be conservative on your contributions, but then as the year goes on, if unforeseen claims arise, you can take money and put it into that. And as I like to say, it's kind of washing the money and using that money to pay for uh, the claims with tax-free dollars. Uh, but, again, the HSA is also the only one that you could leave the company or roll over to the next year and every time, and it'll be your money.
0: Very good. Uh, we're down to the last question or two. Uh, can you change your contributions on any of these plans mid-year? Let's say your economic circumstances have changed. You you know, want to roll back your, your contribution level. Uh, Is it possible, and on which plans might that be possible?
1: So the uh, HSA, you can change at any time. The FSA, the only reason that you can change is a financial hardship, and it is a very difficult thing to get through. I would definitely not recommend it, Um, but it, it is available to someone if they have a financial hardship and they need to pull that money back to use it for
0: other things. Very good. Very good. So, uh, you know, just kind of ex- extrapolating uh, out of our conversation here as a recap, FSA seems like it would be more applicable towards your traditional medical plans mm-hmm. where you have known out of pocket expenses that you can project for. You have uh, known expenses that, that are coming uh, that you can budget for uh, so you don't hit that lose it or, or use it or lose it uh, scenario. HRA, gift from the gods. I mean, that's, that's the employer just uh, doing that extra something to make them a more attractive employer, help offset costs. Really, the employee has no, no input. Uh, it's just money there for them to spend. The HSA is truly a, more of a long-term vision in, in, in healthcare. You know, you don't use that money. It rolls over year to year. It's portable. Uh, it's kind of like the uh, healthcare uh, 401k. Am I right in, in kind of outlining exactly
1: that it's sometimes compared to that as well where the is putting their money in and then the other nice thing is uh, most of the uh, vendors or the banks that uh, manage the HSA's um, once you hit a certain threshold they'll even allow you to invest that money into mutual funds um, very similar to a 401k at that point
0: awesome. awesome I really thank you for shedding some light on uh, on, on some of these acronyms that <laughs> that we deal with, uh, excellent job of bringing it down to the layman's terms for us. Uh, that uh, I think I think our, our audience, some of our audience, obviously a lot more sophisticated and knowledgeable in these areas. Some of our audience uh, may not be, uh, but we definitely appreciate your very valuable time. Uh, you know, and again, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we hope you, the audience, uh, learn numerous solutions on how to build effective savings accounts for your organization. If you'd like to hear more information on this topic, please visit us at xlhr.com or contact Rob Poley at robimctr.com. At Again, that's rob, R O B, at imctr.com. On this note, I wish you a great day. invite you to join us next time for another episode of next level